As Ukrainian forces made steady gains taking back territory from Russian control for regions in the country's east held a referendum. Many in the international community called the vote illegitimate and the fallout is already mounting against Moscow. But Russian President Vladimir Putin remained defined, holding a ceremony at the Kremlin to formally announce the annexation of the Ukrainian regions. Broken people of Donbas, Zaporozhye and Kherson made their choice. I want the Kiev regime and their sponsors from the West to hear me. I want everyone to remember that the people who live in Donetsk Luhansk, Kherson, and Zaporozhye, now they become our citizens. On Thursday, President Erdogan held a phone call with his Russian counterpart where he pressed Putin to take steps to reduce tensions in Ukraine. Earlier this week, the Ukrainian regions of Donetsk, Luhansk, Zaporizhia, and Kherson voted overwhelmingly to formally join the Russian Federation. But the referendum was denounced by most of the West with allegations that residents had been pressured to approve Russia's annexation. Turkey, which has been mediating between Kiev and Moscow, has called for dialogue and diplomacy to settle this latest crisis and the overall conflict. So what impact will the referendum and annexation have? And to further break down what Russia's annexation could mean, I'm joined by Amanda Poole in Brussels. She is a senior policy analyst at the European Policy Center. And by Andreas Umland, he is a political analyst with the Stockholm Center for Eastern European Studies. A warm welcome to you both and thanks for joining me on Straight Talk. Amanda, Russia has announced it has uh, formally annexed uh, four regions in southern and eastern Ukraine after holding self-styled referendums. So what's next moving forward? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, Russia has carried out a blatant um, land grab of occupied Ukrainian territory. Um, I think um, this is a sign that Russia intends to escalate, escalate um, the situation um, on the ground. Um, I think the move came from the Kremlin as a way to um, demonstrate that Russia has had some sort of success um, from its illegal invasion of Ukraine. Uh, Russia's military operation has been a catastrophe. Uh, Ukraine has been able to successfully push back um, Russia so in a way to demonstrate uh, that Russia has had some success, uh, we have seen these illegal referendums, the annexation um, of these territories um, as a show that Russia is, you know, rescuing its, rescuing its uh, Russian minorities and being successful in its operation um, in Ukraine. Yes. I think that what's next is that Russia will continue to escalate. Um, this is why it's crucially important that the support from Ukraine's allies in the West the US, the EU, etc., remains robust um, and effective. This includes ongoing uh, substantial military aid to Ukraine. Yes. So, uh, Andreas, what's your take on that? I mean, would you agree with Amanda that Russia will continue to escalate the situation? I mean, what will the political fallout be for Russia? I mean, how do you think the international community will react to this annexation? Well, there will be... Uh a negative reaction, um, but uh, we should also say that uh, the West has already applied many of the instruments that it has um, to exert pressure on Russia. And unfortunately, um, now the, the question is more and more which other extra, um, uh, instruments to use. And um, the further escalation that I see here also, and we'll see um, how Russia is going to then uh, actually interpret um, this annexation that it is now conducting is about the 
territories of the four oblasts, the four regions that it is annexing, Luhansk, Donetsk, Saporizhia, and Kherson, Yes. The territories that Russia has not yet uh, uh, occupy is not yet occupying. So, in, in a way, uh, what is coming out of all of this that um, now territory actually controlled uh, not only legally but also factually, materially by uh, Kiev mm -hmm. um, is uh, is is now being declared uh, Russian state territory. Yes, and um, that is you know a, a, actually an absurd situation and. Uh, can, of course, be very dangerous as well. Yes. And, and unfortunately, one has to also fear here um, an escalation with weapons of mass destruction. So Kremlin, uh, Amanda, has just said any attack on annexed uh, territory will be considered an attack on Russia. So what do you foresee? I mean, how would Zelensky uh, respond to that? Is the Ukrainian army likely to step up its efforts to take back its territories? I mean, absolutely, I would consider that the Ukrainian army will be as determined as ever um, to liberate the territories that are under occupation by Russia. I don't see any change in that position, uh, and it's the correct position to have. I mean, anything else um, we shouldn't expect from Kiev. What's important is that Ukraine's um, allies in the West um, maintain their support for Ukraine's operations and the liberation of Ukraine's territory, because showing any signs uh, to the Kremlin would be a complete disaster. Um, and this is what the Kremlin is hoping for. I mean, the Kremlin is hoping that the more it escalates, you know, the talk about the, the nuclear threat, etc., will erode Western support, um, obviously among uh, the publics in Europe and, and elsewhere, that they'll become scared and this will impact the support that currently exists um, for Ukraine. But Andreas, for how long can the US and Europe continue to provide Ukraine with military and financial aid amid the energy crunch as well as rising prices and inflation? Well, that's a good question, but uh, my feeling so far is that uh, this support will continue because I think more and more people understand that this is not a regional conflict, that this is a, um, a fundamental assault on international law. Um, with regard to the annexation of Crimea eight years ago, there was a part of the Western public that was sort of buying um, at least partially the Russian political, historical and legal, I would say, pseudo-arguments um, that Russia made in 2014 with the annexation of Crimea. But now, um, actually, this whole, these, all of these arguments, they are invalidated by these new um, um, uh, annexations, and, and Crimea now becomes a package, yes. a part of a package of, of a larger imperial expansion, and it dramatizes the whole um, conflict to um, a new stage, I would say, and a fundamental um, violation of international law. And one of the biggest victims here is, of course, the non-proliferation regime, because the largest scandal, I would say, of this entire war is that um, Russia not only has nuclear weapons and behaves itself the way it behaves because it has nuclear weapons, Yes. But it is ex explicitly allowed to have nuclear weapons by the non-proliferation treaty. And Ukraine does not only have no nuclear weapons, 
but is also explicitly forbidden to have nuclear weapons by the same uh, non-proliferation treaty signed by 191 countries. And one of the um, most important treaties, I would argue, that humanity has at all. And now Russia, as an official nuclear weapons state, is taking territories away without any explanation. With Crimea, there was some sort of argument that was invalid, but was um, still accepted by some uh, observers. But now we have just um, a very ordinary, very classical imperial expansion, which invalidates basically this treaty. Um, uh, because yes. now many countries around the world will think, well, uh, we could become victims as well. And what we need is actually the bomb to support uh, ourselves be because we cannot rely on international law. Yes. So, Amanda, NATO Secretary General uh, Stoltenberg earlier this week uh, has called on allies to continue replenishing uh, stocks as rapidly as possible. What did he mean by that? I mean, he's calling for um, the allies to continue to supply Ukraine with um, modern weaponry, with high-precision weaponry that is crucial for them to keep pushing back Russia and which will also allow them um, to liberate territories. I mean, it's important that the flow of arms is consistent um, and continues to happen um, as often as possible. I mean, if it was up to me on, on a daily basis that there should be no you know, long pauses in between arms deliveries because Russia uses these pauses you know, to rebuild uh, and regroup. So he's calling for the Allies to do more and to do it quicker and to give, um, let's say, the highest the highest level of modern weaponry um, that they can. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Andreas, as a NATO member country's president, Mr. Erdogan has voiced his displeasure at the referendums and saying that they created an obstacle to peace. So could he still play a mediating role uh, between Kiev and Moscow with this stance? Uh, well, that would be, uh, I guess, a question to maybe an observer uh, from Moscow. But uh, the um, the consistent position here of uh, Turkey on on the annexation of Crimea and now on these um, annexations is, uh, of course, for the Ukrainian side, um, uh, rather supportive. And that will make uh, Mr. Ergo, uh, President Erdogan more acceptable for the Ukrainian side as a as a mediator. So where would this, Amanda, leave Turkey as a mediator? Um, I, I mean, if we're talking about Turkey's um, role as a mediator or a facilitator, um, I mean, I think that so far Turkey has, has shown actually it's the only actor that has been able to deliver something um, tangible um, to Ukraine. I mean, first of all, the grain deal, mm -hmm. um, but also uh, more recently, um, taking a key key role in the, the in in uh, in the return um, of prisoners of war um, from from uh, from Russia, um, which is really important. So I think that Ankara will continue to want to play um, to play this role um, going forward, as there's many different issues that do require um, international facilitation. Mm -hmm. So, um, if we get back to Putin's threats, Andreas, uh, he said he wasn't bluffing about using nuclear weapons and former President Dmitry Medvedev also backed him up in this threat. So, how would Russia's allies respond to Russia's use of uh, nuclear weapons? I mean, how would China, India and former Soviet states react, you think? 
Well, that is the big hope that um, obviously the reaction from these countries would be negative. Um, again, because that would be a, a, a violation of a taboo and would undermine the non-proliferation regime and would, of course, make many countries around the world nervous, many countries that do not have nuclear weapons. Um, I'm therefore having rather dark thoughts here about um, something like um, uh, repetition of what we've observed in Russia in 1999 when Putin came basically th uh, to power through a bombing of uh, residential apartments yes. in Russia, in, in Volgodonsk, in Moscow, in um, in Buinaksk. And um, before these bombings, uh, Putin was unpopular, unknown. Then these bombings happened. They were apparently organized by the Russian security uh, secret service. And, and then in response to that, um, uh, Putin started the second Chechen war and he, he then became, after these um, attacks on Russian residential uh, buildings, he became very popular and won um, uh, the 2000 uh, presidential elections. And I'm, I, unfortunately, I have fears here that Russia may try to uh, do something similar now on a larger scale, perhaps even with a weapon of mass destruction on Russia-controlled territory, either uh, Russian state territory or um, the um, uh, Ukrainian territory yes. controlled by Russia. And then it would have a narrative why it can esca itself escalate against Ukraine with weapons of mass destruction. So, Amanda, are we likely to see controlled escalations before it boils over into an all-out conflict between the West and Russia? I mean, what's your predictions here? I mean, honestly, that's a million and million and one dollar question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, one can only hope um, that there'll be some sort of measured uh, census from 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 both sides. I mean, I think that President Putin um, is capable of doing anything, frankly speaking. I mean, we've already seen what he's capable of, but I think he can um, go much more. So it's not just about um, the response of the West, it also um, has to do with the, in the internal um, functioning in Moscow, um, whether there are, are people there still within his circle or outside of his circle who are able to ha have any influence over what he can possibly do next, uh, particularly in terms of this nuclear threat. All right, Amanda and Andreas, unfortunately, we'll have to leave it here. Thank you very much for joining me on Straight Talk.